Support for MindShift comes from Landmark College, offering a fully online graduate-level certificate in learning differences and neurodiversity programs. Visit landmark.edu slash certificate to learn more. From KQED. Every day when I go into work, there's all these kids are trusting me with their lives. They don't always tell me. They don't always come out, hand me their Chromebook, and show me their writing. They're still trusting me. And that's it's a, real, it's a lot of pressure. It's, it's a lot of pressure. I was talking with Alexa Schlechter, a high school English teacher who lives in Connecticut. She was telling me why after a tough day in the classroom, she reaches out to her best friend to talk. My best friend, Allison, is often the one that I share this with simply because she, she gets that and she helps me talk through it so that I don't feel like I'm having to hold it all in. I'm Ki Sung, and you're listening to Stories Teachers Share, the program from MindShift and KQED about what it's like to be a teacher and what we can learn from them. Alexa is no stranger to difficult days on the job, but what Alexa experienced one day in her classroom had a profound effect on her. I uh, was teaching a creative writing class, and the creative writing classes in my my school are is it's a very mixed bag of students. Um, it is students who really want to take the class to write, um, who really are interested in expressing themselves, or it's students who need the English credit in order to graduate. As we were nearing the first half of this semester, the final culminating assignment was to write a segment of their memoir. And I wanted them to write about a defining moment in their life. And I said to them, I wanted them to leave behind a legacy, something that if somebody, if they were to have somebody pick this up right now, what would be their legacy? What would they be leaving for others? And I had a student who was this wonderful, sweet, quiet, uh, emphasis on quiet girl. And she always submitted her work on time. She always turned in everything that she needed and really gave me very little problems. And in a class that is a mix of students who want to be there and students who don't, students who didn't give me a problem often, I don't want to say got overlooked, but I was pulled in many different directions because the students who didn't want to be there oftentimes showed me that they didn't want to be there and my my attention was, was on them um, with their behavior. So I always was monitoring their work as they were writing and I would walk around the class and, and always be looking at their progress. And the student specifically asked me, she said, I don't want you to read this until the end. Can you please not check my progress? I said, okay, as long as you're, you know, I could see that she was working. I could see that it was, it was coming along. So I, um, I upheld that. And uh, a couple days later, she came to me in the middle of class and she handed me her, her Chromebook and she said, okay, uh, I'm ready. And so I'm sitting at my desk with her right there and I have a classroom full of kids and I proceeded to read. And the opening line was, when I was in eighth grade, I understood true loneliness. She told me throughout her writing that from beginning when she was in eighth grade that she had been cutting herself uh, for the past six years and that she had attempted suicide four times and that she would cut herself openly with a razor with her, with her door open, hoping her parents would come in, hoping that someone 
would discover her, and no one did. And initially, she started doing, cutting herself in discreet places so that, you know, maybe that she could keep the secret to herself. And then she would start doing it where it could be discovered. No one found out. And then she realized that she was a ghost. She was invisible. Nobody saw her. And this was when she realized that she had no place here. And there was no reason for her to to be on Earth. And that's when the suicide attempts began. So I'm reading this. I'm, I have a classroom full of students. The student is who, who shared this writing with me. Um, she's sitting right next to me. And I, I turned to her and I said, have you shared this with anybody? Because I'm a mandated reporter. If a student shares with me that they're harming themselves, I have to, legally, I'm obligated to report this. And she said, you're the first person who asked me to express my voice. No one's ever cared before. And it was the most, one of the most sobering moments I've ever had as a teacher. That I've only known this student for a couple of months it's a half year course and you know I've only had the student for at this point you know eight weeks and to think that she's a senior in high school this has been going on for six years and I'm the first person who's asked her for her voice wanting to hear what she's had to say and it was just such a weighty moment in my life and the fact that she trusted me with this and that I now had all of this responsibility and this, this I don't want to say power because that sounds you know egotistical, but that she gave this to me and she trusted me with this was so profound. Um, and so we, I, you know, I helped her to get to talk to somebody and um, I mean, I'm still, she's graduated now and she's, I'm in touch with her and she's getting the help that she needs. However, one of the things that I, I think about often is that, you know, yes, I'm legally obligated to help her, but who helps me? Who do I talk to? And the effect that this has on on me, I can't talk to anybody in my school about this. I can't tell anybody because then it's a violation of, of her privacy. And so this is something that I talk about to my friends and you know my, my family. It's not a typical day at work. It's too much to keep in. And I don't know how anybody can keep this inside and, and stay sane. These are the things that you have to get out or I think that you cannot stay in this profession and keep doing what you're doing. You'll just implode. Do you remember who the first person was that you told the story to? The first person was my best friend. Uh, she called me and went right when I was leaving work. And she's like, oh, guess what? There's you know 60% off everything at, at this uh, this clothing store. And I... I just started to cry, and she's like, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, what, what's going on? 
When we come back in a moment, you'll hear from Alexa's best friend, Allison Smith, about what it's like to be a supportive friend to a teacher. Stay with us. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Stories Teachers Share from MindShift and KQED. Before the break, we heard about Allison Smith, Alexa's best friend. They met nine years ago through a local book club around the time Alexa was starting out as a teacher. Hello, this is Allison. Allison works in finance, and I reached her between meetings. She told me she learned a lot about what it's like to be a teacher through Alexa. Having a teacher as a best friend has... has a lot of benefits, not only just because of some of the things that I I hear about that that kids are going through that I need to be aware for my own kids in the future, but I think that it's really added a lot to both of our lives to go through some of these experiences, and it's strengthened our friendship. It's had an opportunity for us to go deeper on emotional levels that we may not have gone through if she wasn't going through some of these things at school. Having someone to talk to is crucial for anyone, especially in those stressful times. And teachers can feel especially isolated on the job for lots of reasons. There are requirements beyond their control. They don't have enough time to brainstorm and learn with their adult colleagues. All their attention is on the students. And then there's that feeling of not having enough time. Having a friend who gets you, who really listens, can make a huge difference in your life. Here's Allison. I have to tell you as a friend, a lot of the times and with this story where the student was actually cutting herself, it's something where you you just feel for the situation because there has to be a fine line between the teacher and the student, but clearly the student has, has such a need. And Alexa and I think a lot of teachers are really good at at walking that line in a really appropriate manner to giving the student the help that they need. So uh, very emotional, very emotional because... You hate to see any human being going through stress and anxiety and not having another outlet and have it meticulate itself in the classroom. My role as her friend is to try to help her not internalize it and to deal with it so that she doesn't have that same level of emotional drag by being able to help the student. Sometime after the incident, though not because of it, Alexa stopped teaching high school students. She still works in education, but as a technology leader at an elementary school. It was a heavy decision for Alexa, 
But that's not to say she won't look back without appreciation for that time. Here's Allison. As much as I think it emotionally brought her down at times, I think it also gave back a lot. She could see the positive impact that she was making in their lives. And a lot of times the students would actually verbalize it as well. You know, there's a lot of them that said, you know, Ms. Schlechter, you're, you have made such an impact on my life that I would not be where I am today without you. One way Alexa was able to have an impact on her students was through the way she taught. Alexa saw an opportunity and opened herself up to her student, who ultimately felt comfortable sharing deeply personal information. This one creative writing assignment helped the high school student who spent six years feeling invisible. But what about the student who doesn't get that assignment? Who will be there to ask that student what's going on in his or her life? I think about it every day. And I feel such overwhelming guilt about leaving the classroom um, because of that student. And I multiply in my head that student times, let's say, 3,000, because that would be 20 more years of teaching. I, I know that's not fair to do to myself, but that's... It is what I think about, but then I also have to think about my own emotional well-being and what's sustainable for me. I can't be there to help that student if I'm not at a place where I'm prepared to help that student. And I hear from teachers all the time, well, I don't give assignments like that because I don't want to hear what they have to say because I'm afraid of getting those personal pieces of writing. And it's, uh, at first it sounds awful because, you know, why don't you want to hear what they have to say? But it's frightening to hear sometimes what they have to say. It's really frightening because there's, there's so much there. Every child has a backstory. Sometimes those backstories are more than we're equipped to deal with. Now that she's out of the high school classroom, I wanted to know how Alexa would answer that prompt, the same one she gave to her students in the creative writing class. Oh, wow. What's my legacy? Um, If she were to think about her legacy for her memoir, what would she write? My initial thought is my legacy as a mother, but I think that it's beyond being a biological mother. I've been a mother to students who needed a mother at, the t- at that time. This student that I just told you about at that moment needed a mother and I was there for her there then. You know, I've had more than 1,500 students walk through my door and I, I would like to think that I've I filled a role at the time where they needed it. As for that student, the one who expressed her anguish to Alexa through that Chromebook, Alexa says they've stayed in touch. I do check in with her about once a week. We talk via text, and um, I just want her to know that I'm, I'm here. Even though um, I've now left the, the school and I won't be there, I feel like she's given me a gift, and uh, I really value that gift that she gave me. And even though I won't see her every day, I'm always going to be there for her to share whatever it is that she needs.
Today's program was produced by me, Ki Sung, and Katrina Schwartz. Our editor is Jacob Conrad. Our team includes Linda Flanagan, Seth Samuel, Melissa Gray, Colleen Wilson, and Tim Olson. Music by Nick Jaina. Special thanks to Allison Smith, Alexa Schlechter, and her student. We also want to say thanks to all the teachers who opened themselves up to a person in need. Do you have a story about teaching you would like to share? There are two ways to reach us. Write to us at mindshiftstories at kqed.org. Or record yourself. Open up your voice memo or audio recording app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer, and send that file to us at mindshiftstories at kqed.org. We'd love to share your stories about teaching in an upcoming episode. If you have a deeper interest in education and learning, check out our blog on Facebook and Twitter at MindShiftKQED. Thanks for listening to stories teachers like Alexa share with us. On the next episode of our podcast, salty snacks aren't just delicious recess treats. They can be cold, hard currency in a middle school economy. The kids would come into the courtyard and they had this whole Cheeto economy going on. Coming up next on Stories Teachers Share. Bring your snacks. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two. New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.